Welcome to the Jason and Scott Show, your source for the latest news and trends in the e-commerce industry. Featuring host Jason Retail Geek Goldberg, Chief Commerce Strategy Officer and Publicist, and Scott Wingo, CEO of Get Spiffy and co-founder of Channel Advisor. Here are Jason and Scott. Welcome to the Jason and Scott Show. This episode is being recorded on Thursday, January 31st, 2019. I'm your host, Jason Retail Geek Goldberg, and as usual, I'm here with your co-host, Scott Wingo. Hey, Jason, and welcome back, Jason Scott Show listeners. Uh, Jason, big question. It's minus 50 there in Chicago. How are you hanging? I am uh, enjoying the modern uh, technology of central heating. So I'm doing I'm doing terrific. Uh, my dog, who hasn't had a walk outside in like three days, is doing less well. Oh, poor guy. Uh, your dog doesn't have fur. Dogs can't take minus fifty. Uh, or or oddly, like this is a rescue dog. dog from Detroit that thinks he's like a Southern California dog. Like he goes on strike below about forty degrees. Got it. Cool. Well. Um, Earlier this evening, Amazon announced their fourth quarter results that we've been on pins and needles waiting to see how they did. Uh, So this episode is going to be exclusively Amazon news, and we're going to give you our hot take on the results. But first, Jason and I are going to be live podcasting from Etail West, which is held February 19 to 22nd at Palm Springs, California. And as a special gift, gift, exclusive gift to our listeners, you can use the code Jason. Scott, there's no and in there, so J-A-S-O-N-S-C-O-T, Scott with one T. Um, it looks like Jason's cot is another way to think about it, uh, for 20% off. Uh, and we are going to put a link, uh, a quick link in the show notes for you to be able to apply for that and come to the show and uh, see Jason and I live podcasting. We'd love to uh, chat with you if you're going to be there. So with that housekeeping out of the way, let's jump into Amazon results. Uh, first, I kind of wanted to frame the discussion. So uh, the companies have already announced. We had Facebook and eBay come out, uh, and uh, Facebook uh, really kind of exceeded expectations because they've been in this kind of poop storm of negativity uh, and controversy. Um, so that was interesting. Uh, you know, you would have a lot of people were expecting it to be bad because advertisers would have bailed on them, but nope. Turns out if, if you have a, a way to get in front of customers people want, then uh, they don't really care about the controversy, I guess. Um, eBay's results were below expectations, so, so kind of another e-commerce company there. Um, and uh, with eBay's results, there was a lot of talk about this kind of you know, end of fourth quarter slowdown. So uh, if you recall, we had Tamara from Adobe on the show, uh, and Adobe has come out and said, look, it really kind of fell off a cliff kind of December 15th. Um, through through Christmas uh, and into the back end of the year. Uh, eBay talked a lot about that where the holiday was steaming along and then kind of died there towards the end, which was interesting. So the net net of that for them is their marketplace grew uh, 1% um, if you exclude the impact of foreign exchanges. So uh, heading in, and that was two days ago, I believe. Um, so heading into Amazon, there's, I would say people are a little kind of wobbly, kind of saying, hmm, yeah, some mixed results coming into Amazon. Uh, and where would they land? So uh, with that set up, Jason, why don't you walk us through the high-level pieces? Yeah, well, spoiler alert, uh, they landed very solidly. Like They basically um, had a complete beat. They beat uh, all the the analyst expectations. So uh, top-line revenue came in at $72.4 billion, 
um, that was against a, a expectation of seventy one point nine billion, uh, and was a growth rate of twenty percent year over year. Uh, their earnings per share came in at uh, a little over six bucks, um, and the the expectations were like five fifty five. So that was a solid beat. Last year they had a, a quarterly revenue this quarter of like sixty billion. Um, so that means this year they added about twelve billion dollars in sales just in this one quarter. So they uh, continue to be clicking along. Um, so if you look at it on an annualized basis for twenty eighteen, uh, total revenue for Amazon comes in at two hundred thirty three billion. Uh, of course, I'll remind listeners. Uh, when you're talking about e-commerce, their revenue isn't really the most important number. Um, we like to talk about their gross uh, merchandise value, which uh, I'm going to let Scott break down in, in just a bit. Um, but if you listen to Jeff talk, uh, he's not as big a fan uh, of the sort of revenue and earnings metrics as he is uh, that free cash flow metric. So um you know that's really the the metric that Amazon drives against is that hundred percent free cash flow, and you know once again this was a good quarter for that uh, uh, free cash flow more than doubled from eight point three billion last year to nineteen point four billion this year, uh, so that's a first world problem. You got to find a lot of places to spend all that loot. Yeah, but how is that possible, Jason? I thought Amazon wasn't profitable. Yeah, uh, it's almost um, like that's some. Um, some uh, misnomer from 10 years ago or something. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, uh, I would call $19 billion of free cash flow uh, pretty not too shabby. It's uh, certainly better than I've ever been able to, to I, achieve. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> the one I get now, though, to be honest, I, I less hear like Amazon's not profitable. What, what I hear now, which is also a misnomer, is, well, 100% of their profit is from AWS. Yeah. Yeah, well, let's talk about that. Um, so uh, as we peel the onion on on the 800-pound gorilla that is Amazon, uh, overall, North America grew 18% year over year. And as a reminder to listeners, we talk a lot about the e-commerce baseline of 15%. The retail baseline is 3 to 4%. And Amazon has historically clocked around kind of 20 to 30%. So this is one of the first quarters when they've actually slowed a little bit. And part of it is the comps are just getting monstrous in the fourth quarter. You mentioned a twelve billion dollar increase year over year, which is you know it's like adding uh, you know a, a big chunk of any other retailer. Um, but they are specifically in Q four starting to see things slow down because they've created these massive comps year over year, uh, and you know things like launching an Echo now can create headwinds on that. And then you also have the headwind of when products move from one P to three P. 3P is growing faster than 1P. It actually creates a headwind on revenue growth because they collect a lot less from from third party sales. So a like item going from 1P to 3P as brands do things like hybrid, uh, that creates a little bit of a slowdown on revenue also. Um, so that being said, uh, North America grew 18% year over year and international grew 15% year over year um, for a blended rate of about 17% on the retail side, taking out AWS, et cetera. Uh, overall, they grew 20%, but the retail pieces grew kind of three basis, three percentage points lower. Um, that international number was a little bit of an acceleration, which was good to see. They, they had been kind of facing some headwinds there on the international side, so it's good to see that. Um, and then profit-wise in North America, that ticked up to 2.3 billion. 
so the North America b- uh, business inside of Amazon is profitable, even when you exclude AWS. So uh, it is not true that that if you all the profits come from AWS, but certainly the lion's share do. Uh, and then international is still losing business uh, money, uh, but it it kind of shrank the loss to thirty percent to six hundred and forty two million. Um, so. Uh, even in aggregate, if you add up the North America and the international, the retail part of Amazon is still profitable, including the marketplace. Um, so, uh, and that international piece is on its path to profitability. It's just so honking big, it's going to take it a little while to get there. Um, North American margins ticked up 60 basis points, uh, and that was attributed uh, on the call to uh, getting some really good leverage out of fulfillment center expenses. So um, Amazon 2018 was a period of time where Amazon, uh, you know, they quote unquote only built kind of 15 to 20 ish fulfillment centers. Uh, from a percentage standpoint, that was a pretty low capital expenditure year for them. So instead of adding uh, all the capacity they needed to, to, ship all the packages, they they're they kind of utilize more of the fulfillment centers, squeezed more out of them. Um, so uh, that being said, another thing uh, that I always watch is the percent of units that come from third parties. Um, this is the, the, the metric that kind of they, they give around third party, which is, isn't terribly useful. Um, uh, that was 52%, um, which is a tick down slightly from 53% uh, where it was in Q2 and Q3. Um, Reading the tea leaves, that was probably driven by as they swung into fourth quarter. Uh, you know, the the one P kind of bumped up a little bit, I believe, because of all the private label that we've we've seen going on. You know, I think there's over 150 private label brands, uh, and then what you call owned brands, so things like uh, Echoes and, and the whole Alexa family. Um, I think that pushes up that first party uh, unit side during the holiday period. Uh, but we're talking about one percent here, so not not a terrible move. Um, one area of a little bit of concern for Wall Street is they look at this total unit growth and that decelerated a tad. Um, it came in at 14%. And that's down from last quarter's 15%. Um, so, you know, a lot of people ask me, how can unit growth be 14%, but then they totally grew uh, 17%. So uh, what you have is unit growth and ASP mix coming out a little bit higher. Those two multiply together to give you like the total revenue growth. Um, so when uh, Amazon uh, on a quarterly basis doesn't give you the pieces you need to unpack the GMV uh, asterisks, and I'll come back to that. So what they do is in their annual report, which will come out in, I think they have another 30 to 45 days to put the annual report out, um, then they will provide the uh, mechanism for for kind of backing into the GMV. Um, so, but uh, the asterisk is I've, built a little model I've used over the years that, that is relatively close. So, so what that model tells me is, and I'll, I'll, you know, I'll say this is not an official number. This is just kind of a Scott napkin calculation. So, uh, but just to give you an idea of the scale, but so we don't have to wait for the annual report. Um, and if you take Amazon's overall revenue this quarter of 72 billion, AWS was 7.4 and you take that out. And then if you also take out uh, the other ad business, um, you're left with $61 billion of kind of retail revenue. Um, So uh, I use that to back into a 1P and a 3P mix. And what I get is 52 billion in 1P. And then you're left with kind of eight or $9 billion uh, in revenue from 3P. Well, Amazon's take rate is about 10%. So you have to multiply that by 10. So you end up with, First party GMV of 52 billion, third party 
uh, GMV of 95 billion for a total of about 150 billion in the fourth quarter uh, from a global standpoint. Uh, again, this is an approximation and we'll, we'll have a lot more clarity when the annual report comes out and we'll work it into one of our news shows. Um, but what I think is interesting is if you, uh, if you take that and, uh, so, so those of you that haven't heard us say this before, uh, you know, Amazon's easily twice as large as you think it is, um, uh, just as a rule of thumb. But if you kind of take my calculations from Q1 to Q4, I get an annual number of total GMV, first party and third party, of $450 billion. Uh, and Jason, as you know, Walmart is kind of at a $500 billion um, you know, revenue rate. I, we, we talk a lot about how, uh, I think you agree with me, but that's, that's the better comp is Amazon's total GMV versus Walmart's uh, sales. Um, and it, so, so Walmart is still bigger than Amazon, but I do think the lines are going to cross in 2019. Um, so that's going to be, you know, the first time somewhere in 2019, probably Q1 or Q2, you, you know, we'll be able to say that GMV to GMV, apples to apples, Amazon is bigger than Walmart. Um, so that's going to be interesting to keep an eye on. Last little tidbit uh, on the marketplace side is Amazon. Uh, it's kind of funny the press releases now are like 16 pages because they usually put like a little dot of some highlight through the year. Uh, and they have so many uh, highlights now. It's like, 12 pages of highlights. Um, so it was begs the question, are they really highlights? Um, but one of the ones I picked out of there that I hadn't seen released somewhere else that I thought listeners would find interesting is um, they announced that 200,000 sellers on the third-party platform are now generating over $100,000 a year in GMV. So uh, pretty interesting small business platform there where, you know, that's an international number, but I would imagine it's split probably 60% US, 40% international um, and then correlated with that, I've been seeing a lot of um, a, the Amazon's running a TV ad uh, campaign and it shows a train kind of and a bunch of Amazon fulfillment boxes with third party seller stuff on it. Um, so they're really kind of amping up the third party aspect of the platform. Yeah, um, it's I always chuckle to read those highlights because you'll get like one highlight will be like uh we added uh, a PGA event to Amazon Prime Video, and then the next highlight will be, and we sold a hundred uh, million Alexa devices, yeah. or so. You know, the like orders of magnitude don't seem seem yeah. super rational. And we handled a trillion workloads on the AWS cloud. Yeah, exactly. They're all over the place now. Yeah, and the the Walmart and Amazon uh, is definitely becoming a horse race. It's pretty interesting, and uh, just a reminder. Uh, a ton of Walmart's revenue is grocery, uh, even with the Whole Foods acquisition, very little of Amazon's revenue is grocery. Um, and so, you know, you, Amazon's already crushing Walmart on general merchandise. Walmart's crushing Amazon on grocery. Uh, but like it, it certainly is the case that Amazon's probably growing grocery a lot faster than Walmart's growing general merchandise. So that doesn't doesn't bode well for for Walmart in the in the short term um, as those lines start to converge. Um, and then, of course, Amazon has all these other fabulous businesses. So, you know, we mentioned uh, that AWS gets a lot of the the buzz. Um, that's that's not entirely unfair because that you know they they continue to be going gangbusters. Again, they're the the clear market leader. They have a huge lead over their their uh, most primary competitors, Google and Microsoft. 
Um, and so usually when you're that big and have that much market share, it's really hard to grow fast. Uh, but AWS still grew 45% for the quarter. So that was uh, $7.4 billion in revenue um, and, you know, much more profitable business. So that, that spun off $2.2 billion in operating income, which is up 61% year over year. So uh, that is not a bad uh, side get hustle to have if you're, if you're Amazon. Um, and then, of course, uh, they they have this other uh, increasingly big category that they still call other, um, and uh, the big chunk of other is this advertising revenue. Um, hopefully, at some point in the not too distant future, this gets spun out as a separate number. Um, but other came in at three point four billion, which is up almost one hundred percent, ninety five percent from last year. Um, and so, you know, if, if you uh, if you think of that uh, as the primarily the ad business um it's actually the growth rate is starting to decelerate slightly as they do start to get a critical mass but it's still a huge uh chunk of growth if you add up that uh the the portion of other for the last four quarters that are likely ad sales it's it uh it seems pretty clear that it's over 10 billion in ad sales um and uh you know, it, it's interesting. It's like obviously becoming a much more important business for Amazon. I think there was an analyst that counted how many times they mentioned the ad business on this call versus last year's call. And last year it was like 12 mentions. This year it was 25 mentions. So it's getting more mind share. Um, and, uh, you know, we're seeing all these wild projections of how fast it could grow. So I think there was a new one out from Pivotal Research that said that by 2023, uh, their ad business could be a $38 billion business. Um, and, uh, like even more so than AWS ad business is hugely profitable. Um, and so, you know, if, if they do grow at that kind of trajectory, uh, it's very likely that the ad business is, is both bigger and more profitable than the AWS business in the next five years. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see, um, you know, if they can get it to be that size at that pace, uh, it would be bigger than Facebook, I believe, but that would assume Facebook stands. Yeah. It would be bigger than Facebook is now, but yeah. 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 But still it's, it's clear it's going to be a three horse race. So, so it's going to be Google, Facebook, Amazon. I think they're already bigger than Snapchat. If if I recall. No, I think they already are number. If they hit 10 billion, they're, they're probably number three. Yeah. Snapchat, I think is eight and Twitter's somewhere around there. So, or like six or seven. Yeah. Cool. Uh, so then, uh, another part that uh, we always look at, kind of yearly, is uh, is so that that was all the past, and this is kind of looking forward. So Amazon's, um, uh, you know, the, the way they do things is they don't give annual guidance. So, but they do tell you kind of what's coming in the next quarter. Uh, so their practice, that's what I was looking for. So looking uh, towards 2019 for the first quarter, uh, so the first thing they did is they kind of gave an overall warning, um, which said, hey, 2018, we didn't spend a lot on fulfillment centers and, distri- and um, data centers uh, and employees, but we are going to ramp that up in 2019. Uh, a fun employee fact, they had hit 675,000 people. So um, you know, I think in, in here, the not too distant future in the next three or four years, I would imagine they get to a million people unless they 
dramatically change the, the workforce um, and switch to robots or something. Um, so to put that in perspective, last year, CapEx grew 12% and hiring grew 14%. So kind of signaling, reading the tea leaves there, I kind of get the vibe that it's going to be more towards the high teens on those numbers, uh, maybe even on the CapEx side, kind of higher than 20. I, I kind of get the feeling, again, this is just kind of reading the body language, which is very hard with Amazon, so I could be totally wrong. I get the feeling they almost felt constrained um, by fulfillment capability in the fourth quarter that, that maybe, maybe they left a little bit on the table because they, they just kind of couldn't get as much product in and out or something. Um, that may just be me. I'll, I'll have to see if any of the wall street analysts pick up on that. Um, so, uh, so that's kind of, you know, it'll be interesting. I think the stock will be a little kind of muted because uh, wall street hates it when Amazon goes into a spending phase until the growth shows up and they love it. <laughs> so uh for the fourth quarter projections amazon put out a range of 56 to 60 billion um that was below the wall street consensus estimate of 61 billion a tad um at the midpoint that's 13.6 percent year-over-year growth um and at the high point it gets up towards 15 percent uh then uh they guided uh towards pretty much what wall street was expecting on the income side uh, and then there are a couple other tidbits. I think you had seen some and I had a couple too. You go first. Yeah. Uh, I, I did want to mention like uh, one specific thing that came up a little bit in the, in the lower guidance was, was like, well, international is getting some traction. There was recently a new uh, e-commerce law that was passed in India. That's going to be um, potentially very challenging for Amazon and Walmart. And so, and I think Amazon called out several times that there's some uncertainty about their, their speed, their uh, speed of growth in India as a result of this, this new, uh, new regulation there. Yeah. Um, it essentially says U S space companies can't do business in India. If you, if you kind of read the headline. Yeah. Like there's, there's some ambiguity in how it'll get interpreted. So people are hoping it's not that extreme, but there's no version of it. That's good news for, for Amazon and Walmart who have both invested a ton in that market and, you know, uh, you know, are not going to get clearly as good at access as they were hoping to that market. So that's interesting. Um, but even with that, that sort of, um, you know, kind of muted level of enthusiasm that still puts Amazon's market cap, like as of tonight at, at, uh, like 840 billion. Um, and of course, you know, they did briefly go over a trillion last year, but to put things in perspective, Walmart, who you talked about, um, being larger than Amazon in terms of total revenue, Walmart's market cap is like 278 billion tonight. So, so Amazon's market cap is the equivalent of the next seven uh, largest retailers in the U.S. It's they're the equivalent of Walmart plus Home Depot plus Costco plus Lowe's plus Walgreens plus TJ Maxx and Target, which is pretty mind-boggling if you if you think about it. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a growth thing. So uh, Walmart overall, I think Walmart's growing low single digits. Is that right? I don't track them as yeah. close as you. Yeah, like four yeah, percent. So. So that, that's what it is. It's, you know, um, if you look at one point in time, you know, they're, they're about the same size as best we can tell right now uh, from a GMB perspective. But, you know, what Wall Street loves is growth. And when you have a, you know, an over $200 billion business growing in the mid-teens, um, there's not many, I don't think there's any businesses except Apple and, and Amazon uh, that have been able to do that. Yeah, it's unprecedented. It's pretty awesome to be them. Um so a couple other tidbits. Uh, one thing that's getting a little bit of attention is, uh, you know, they do now have a line item on the income statement for brick and mortar retail. 
um, which is mostly uh, Whole Foods. And so this is the first quarter when they now have a, a complete year of um, data from Whole Foods. So this is the first time that Wal- the Amazon rather has has had sort of a true um, look at same store sales comps. Um, and uh, the look isn't entirely favorable. So it looks like their brick and mortar sales are down three percent from last year, um, and you and you know at, at first you go, huh? Uh, does that mean Whole Foods is uh, shrinking? Um, which you know the Whole Foods was facing some some headwinds uh, when they were acquired, so that's that's certainly possible. Um, but uh, you know you also have to remember that that uh, Amazon made some aggressive price promotions in Whole Foods, so the revenue from from, from some of those price promotions has some some impact on sales. But the the big uh, item that that Amazon talked about was uh, that when they do a uh, buy online uh, curbside pickup from one of the the sixty uh, Whole Foods stores that supports that, or they do delivery. Um, in one of the markets that supports that, uh, that revenue gets recognized as e-commerce revenue rather than brick and mortar revenue. So for them, uh-huh. brick and mortar means you you walk through the store and pick the fruit yourself instead of having a an Amazon picker pick it for you. Um, and so they're they're alleging that 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 contributed to the the lower sale uh, brick and mortar sales. Some of that sales just shifted from from brick and mortar to, to digital in the, in Amazon's version of the story. Um, but at the, at a minimum, it means, uh, those stores aren't like wildly growing. And it, it also means that the fleet of other brick and mortar stores that Walmart has put out there, the, the, you know, increasing number of bookstores, the nine go stores, those still aren't having a, a material impact on revenue at all. Awesome. Um, so that one's interesting. Uh, I, I did also, you know, it always comes up, uh, one of the big line items and costs that Amazon has every year, and it always goes up by a big number, is shipping. So shipping costs went up 23% for the quarter. Um, as you pointed out earlier, they shipped 14% more units. Uh, so, like, that accounts for, a, a you know, a, a big chunk of that growth, but it also means their cost per unit uh, had to creep up. Um, and it's, it's always interesting to me... Uh, UPS had their earnings call today as well. They actually had a good, uh, good earnings call, but but the the headline to me was that the CEO of UPS for the first time acknowledged that yes, Amazon's a big customer, but they also are a competitor, and we track them as such. And that's a basically a one eighty from previous statements from UPS that they they really didn't think Amazon would be a competitor of theirs, and they they purely saw them as a uh, a customer. Um, and I, I always like to talk about the fact that UPS isn't growing fast enough. They're they're not growing their shipping capacity fast enough to accommodate all the growth Amazon's getting, much less want to get. So it's almost a imperative for Amazon to have some of their own shipping capacity. And really highlighting that, in uh, I sort of backed into to UPS's package number for 2018, and it looks like UPS shipped in in North America. UPS shipped. 1.5% less packages this year than they did last year. Um, so I, I wonder if UPS's ability to deliver some of their own packages, which you know now they estimate that's about 12% of their total volume, if, if that's starting to, to have a material impact on UPS. When I drive to work, I go through 
a couple interstates, uh, and on a daily basis, I see five plus prime um, delivery vans these days. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. And I'm surprised, like, I mean, aren't you in like autopilot and you're reading a book or something while you go? So I'm surprised you can see them. I'm counting. I just kind of play uh, Amazon smile bingo. <laughs> I like it. Cool. Uh, one of the other tidbits. Uh, so uh, uh, some of the more detailed Wall Street reports will come out in the morning. Um, I'll tweet anything that's kind of interesting there. Uh, but the ones I saw, they do a hot take kind of thing as well. Uh, I saw folks kind of re-upping and saying, "Hey, we're you know we are re-iterating uh, our overweight or whatever their their recommendation is." Um, so it looks like everyone's bumping up their price targets to kind of the two thousand to twenty five hundred dollar share range. Which, uh, if that comes true over the next twelve months or so, that'll put Amazon squarely back into that trillion dollar club. So to summarize, I would say Amazon had a great quarter. Uh, it was a you know a really nice fourth quarter, um, but it is interesting you know over the years having followed this for a while, Amazon's always been growing uh, a two to three x clip of e-commerce, and now at a seventy seventy billion dollar a quarter kind of a, a scale, the the rule of large numbers is kind of catching up to them, and they're starting to kind of get closer into that mid teens e-commerce growth rate. So uh, you know it's going to be interesting to see. What does Amazon uh, do to to reaccelerate that? Do they care? Um, there's a lot of noise around the healthcare business and some other things that that Amazon could get into then disrupt. Uh, that you know, uh, when you're when you're clocking along at at over 250 billion dollars, you have to take big swings uh, at, at the plate. So uh, you know, the kinds of things they're going to have to go through and disrupt are going to be they're going to have to be hundred billion dollar kind of opportunities for them to really move the needle and get that growth going. So it's going to be, it's going to be fascinating to see uh, what they do to reaccelerate that. Yeah. I'm uh, looking forward to watching it and podcasting about it. And that's going to be a perfect place to leave it because it's happened again. We've used up all our allotted time as always. Uh, if you have any questions or comments about the show, you can keep the dialogue going on our Facebook uh, page, or you can hit e uh, either Scott or I up on Twitter. Uh, of course, we always appreciate those five-star reviews on iTunes. Uh, and as a reminder, that there's a chance to uh, meet us in person if you're interested in attending the Etail West show in sunny Palm Desert this month. Uh, so as a reminder for listeners, uh, we have that special promo code Jason Scott, J-A-S-O-N-S-C-O-T, and that'll get you 20% off on your admission. It's shaping up to be a really good show, and uh, we'll put a link for registration in the show notes. Thanks for joining us, everyone. Until next time. Happy commercing. You've been listening to The Jason and Scott Show. For all the latest news and trends on e-commerce and shopper marketing, subscribe to us on iTunes or visit www.jasonandscott.com. 